your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a surprisingly action-packed episode today. Blues haven't played in a few days. Um, Big game tomorrow night against the Avs, but the Lions have been thrown into a blunder once again. Vladimir Tarasenko having a big conversation with Craig Berube that could be could be meaningful into his lack of production this season. A whole lot to get into. Uh, hopefully we can fit it all into 20 minutes. But before we get into that, I want to remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me and Tommy tomorrow night, potentially, after the Avalanche game, hopefully, if, if it doesn't end too late, to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right. So... You read the lines to me a moment ago before we started this podcast, and they're once again a little, a little thrown, thrown into a blender, as we like to say. They're, they're not what they usually are. So yeah, so reported by uh, Luke Korak on Twitter today at Blues practice, the Blues lines as they were practicing were Blay O'Reilly Perron. So the Boppet line still a staple up top, top three right there. Uh, Schwartz, Bozak, and Tarasenko on the second line. Hoffman, Shen, and Cairo on the third line, and then Clifford, Barbashev, and Sanford on the fourth line. I think that that little switch of Bozak and Shen is kind of interesting to me. Uh, I it almost feels like Craig Berube's kind of uh, maybe he's not demoting Shen just because of Shen's lack of production. Because I feel like all season long, like Shen's kind of been the one guy, not one guy, but like one of the main guys that's been giving a hundred percent every single night and like doing the press conferences afterwards like you can hear like the disdain for the, their lack of play and their lack of uh I don't know effort some nights uh in his voice when he's when he's speaking to the media so I it almost feels like Craig Burby's doing like a carousel and just putting everyone that's making a lot of money that's not producing at the level that they're expecting to right now and throwing them all on the third line and being like hey like all of you guys need to pick it up so maybe it's not as as much of a pointing his fingers at brain shen but it's kind of a sending a message to the rest of the team but i i love bozak on that second line center uh i think he's been playing fantastic hockey since his return from injury so uh fingers crossed we'll see what happens yeah and uh getting back to what you're saying about Braden shen i don't think it is necessarily a complete reflection on his play you know he has struggled production wise especially these last few games but who hasn't and and i feel like it's at the point where it's not a matter of like this guy isn't bringing it and that's why we're struggling or this guy really isn't bringing it and that's why we're struggling. It, it, it's not really like one one or two guys that's really letting you down. It's kind of a, a collection of you know five or six players that are or maybe at, at 90% or 80% of, of where they could be and that collectively is sort of bringing, bringing this team down. And not to say Braden Shen's in that group, but he's one of those guys that has dipped lately. And I think it, it's really just Craig Ruby saying like, okay, last game it was um, Tarasenko down on that third line um, trying to shake things up. And, and now he's putting Shen down there. And I don't think it's necessarily a reflection on Shen. I think it's a reflection on the whole team saying like, we've tried a hell of a lot of line combinations up until this point and nothing has really gelled. So, you know, so, someone's got to figure it out and we're, we're not, you know, we know like what Craig Ruby is, is famous for just throwing anyone on any line. Um, based on their performance so he's just saying you know 
put your egos aside. You're going to play with new guys until we figure it out. So maybe this will be the combination that, you know, propels the Blues to the playoffs and they finally start gelling all four lines, or maybe it'll be the one they try the next game. But with this style, I, I think the hope is that they eventually find something that motivates the right guys in the right way to put up the numbers that we know that they're capable of producing. And Jaden Schwartz, I think, spent some time uh, down there on that line as well. So I don't know if we'll see O'Reilly or Perron there just because I, I feel like they're still kind of producing, at least offensively, uh, up to their expectations. But uh, it's going to be an interesting narrative to see how that kind of unfolds the rest of the season because essentially when it comes down to playoff hockey, like uh, I feel like the one of the Blues' problems like forever ago when they were like one of the bottom teams that it felt felt like we could never make it out of the first round and a lot of people were like we don't have like the veteran presence because at that time it was like Oshie and Tarasenko and all these young guys and it was like we you got to rely on your vets to make it through the playoffs uh now the Blues have the vets but you can't really rely on the vets right now because they're not producing uh like we were talking about uh like they're expected to so uh but one of the young guys uh could potentially be making his return back to the ice Robert Thomas is deemed doubtful by Lukorak uh, for next game. So there's a possibility we could see him uh, slotted into that second or third center role or maybe somewhere else. Who knows? Craig Berube's trying everything at this point. Uh, but Vince Dunn, who blocked the shot Saturday and missed Monday's practice, was also out there at practice today. So uh, it's lined up that he, he will be making his return to the lineup. So you'd love to see that. Yeah. Uh, Robert Thomas is one of those guys that I think a lot of people, including both of us, uh, had huge expectations for coming into the season as to, to take a big next step. And I think he looked really, really good this year. And it's kind of as typical for him, the, the points started coming a little bit later on. Um, and he, as he started getting more comfortable, the, the numbers started showing up as we talk about is kind of typical with him. Um, he, those are kind of the last things that start to show up in his game are those, the goals and the assists. Um, and he impacts it in so many other ways. So, I think he's he's someone who never really got up to full speed as with as is the deal with a lot of players. I think they're still sort of figuring it out. So I'm excited to see if he can sort of get that that playoff push, that playoff speed into him quickly because they're going to need it because he has a chance to be a really dynamic player for them. And we know what he can do with the puck in the offensive zone. He's a wizard. So I'm looking forward to seeing who they put him with and what he can do for whatever line he's on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of things that Blues fans were excited about was seeing Robert Thomas on the same line as Jordan Cairo. And I think we saw that a little bit after Robert Thomas uh, came back from his broken thumb and then Jordan Cairo kind of cooled off. They were on the same line for a little bit. And then, of course, uh, Robert Thomas goes gets hurt again back on the injured reserve. Uh, it seems like he just can't stay healthy. And it's not even his own fault. It's just like uh, prob- problematic hits, gets hit, hit like one wrong way. It's almost like uh, the puck bouncing the wrong way. He's just getting the short end of the stick this season in terms of injuries. Uh, so that sucks for him, and I think uh, it almost really is unfair to look at his uh, stats this season because he's missed so many games. But I think you hit the nail on the head in that, uh, in terms of development and such a young player with such a high ceiling, um, Robert Thomas has made decent strides forward. I think beginning of the season, everyone could agree that he wasn't off to the hottest start. Uh, not the Robert Thomas that we were expecting, but when he came back from his thumb injury, I think he picked up the play much like the rest of the team. Um, we saw those those button hook turns a little bit more, those blind eye passes a little bit more, uh, and a lot more shooting this year, I think, than uh, in years past. And I think that's one of the main things that analysts and everybody was talking about. I was like, uh, Robert Thomas is an elite passer in this game. There's no doubt about it, but he also needs to 
kind of decide like when it's good to pass and when it's good to shoot and not always look for the pass. And I feel like he's done a very good job of uh, balancing those two this year. So, Yeah, um, I agree. I think Robert Thomas is going to be really, really huge for if he were to come back tomorrow um, in tomorrow night's game and moving forward. And tell you what, if you guys want to catch our live reactions to some games coming up and join us and talk along with us, you got to download the app called Locker Room. Now, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Tommy, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Tommy and I will be hosting room for rooms for Locked On Blues probably once a week for the remainder of the season moving forward, and you can join in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Lockdown Blues podcast. If you listen to the episode we did, I think last week, two weeks ago, we had a live Locker Room um, episode that was really fun to do. Um, so definitely check that out. Be sure to join me and Tommy this week. We'll be hosting a locker room, hopefully tomorrow night after the game. So tune into that. Go download the free locker room app now currently available on iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter and join the NHL group for the latest updates. Follow me at Josh Hammond NHL and Tommy at T Welcher 15 to be notified whenever one of our rooms go live. I know you don't want to miss it. So download the locker room app. As soon as possible, you don't want to miss out any more. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, and one more word from our sponsor before we get back into the action. It's from our good friends over at Built Bar. You know them, you love them. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got 12 original classic flavors, coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, you know it. Six brand new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, Lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. The best part is they're healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for anyone on a diet. If you're looking to get something a little sweet, looking at that cookies and cream bar, you're getting 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Tommy. Moving on. Vladimir Tarasenko had a seemingly important conversation with head coach Craig Berube, um over the past few days about his his lack of production this year. What did what, your takeaway? First, if you want to read the quotes, and then we can talk about them. Yeah, so he was asked about uh, frustration within his own game first, and then Tarasenko replied to that. He said, it takes longer than I expect to get back the timing and everything. You have to believe your work. There's not many options here. You have to keep working every day. Physically, I feel fine. Timing, that is getting there. And then Tarasenko also went on to say, just trust myself, trust the team, and go from there. And then, like you were saying, on his talk with Craig Berube, uh, Tarasenko said, coaches always talk with the players, so I had a talk with Chief. If Puck doesn't go in, sometimes you need to do this more. That's a good thing to have a conversation, and I think it will be helpful for me. Uh, and then Tarasenko on shooting quicker. When the Puck doesn't go in, you start thinking about this and aiming. Maybe just need to shoot and do less thinking. The goalie has less time to prepare for the shot. That's a confidence question, too. I think it's getting better, but it's not good enough. So a lot to unpack there. Obviously, uh, it does sound like Tarasenko is frustrated with his game, kind of probably alluding to uh, him being on the third line, uh, I think last game or a couple games ago, um, which probably led 
in some regard to the conversation with Craig Berube, just kind of see like where his head was at, where Tarasenko's head was at. Um, and then on the shooting quicker thing, I think that's probably why we saw that one timer. I forget which game it was, but a couple games ago where he scored on that one timer. Uh, I think he's starting to maybe not question his mentality when it comes to attacking the net, uh, but adapt. And I think that could be in a large part due to Mike Hoffman and his success on one-timers. Um, I know Blues fans have been screaming for it forever that Vladdy would be lethal if he ever developed um, a fantastic one-timer. And the one that he scored on looked absolutely insane. Just right up top, top corner, right where you want it. Um, so I think that's promising in that regard. Uh, but it is it is a kind of weird, interesting dynamic going on, especially towards the end of the season and with 2023 coming up and Tarasenko's contract ending in that season. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting narrative to watch for sure as it goes on. Yeah. Um, I mean, right off the bat, you know, the odds were stacked against Tarasenko this season. He's a guy who, you know, hadn't played consistent hockey since early 2019 you know he played a stretch of four games in 29 in 2019 and went down with another injury so he hadn't played consistent hockey in forever um he's a guy whose game relies a lot on instinct a lot on that timing a lot on sort of not thinking like he mentioned um jumping back into a season you know after being removed for so long and jumping back into this season with its craziness and its new rules and its different routines and so it's a hard a hard I mean it's always hard to come back from injury a long-term injury like that but especially, especially when you're coming back yeah. to a team that's injury like right. beaten and battered and underwhelming even when they're healthy right so like. the odds were stacked against him from the beginning um granted has he underperformed a lot of people's expectations absolutely but I I don't think that it is going to be too much of a reflection on you know his long-term career or anything like that we talk about just because i think it's just too early to tell granted is he gonna ever make that impact that we need from him this season maybe not maybe he is it's just a little bit too too much of a process for him maybe he needs a full off season under his belt of full training before he can get up to full speed and as much as that would be unfortunate it's understandable um from his perspective granted could he still be giving us more could he still you know could that 80 percent be be utilized better absolutely i think once he figures out that confidence once he figures out that timing i think we will see improvements this season but i would expect in the long run to see a, a massive off season from vladimir tarasenko and if it really comes down to it if he really finishes out the season with it disappointing as as it is right now i i think given one full off season it would be a huge difference maker for him but doesn't doesn't matter now got some games to win so and that's one of the things that's so interesting to me too is like uh it, it's it'd be so i mean it wouldn't be easy to give up on tarasenko by any stretch of the imagination and i know a lot of blues fans uh want to leave him open in the expansion draft or not bring him back in 2023 what have you but i think if there's any indication that his production is starting to like tick back upwards. There's no way you can justify like moving on from this guy. One, because he's the face of your franchise. Two, because he's just an absolute beast when he's playing his best hockey. And three, because he's Russian. And I, I know it just sounds weird, but bear with me here, okay? So like Ovechkin, obviously they're very different players, but Alexander Ovechkin is like, what, 35, 36 years old? And he's still playing at the top of his game. So it just feels like Russian players as a whole, like, 
maybe like sometimes they get lost in the kerfuffle of like the KHL and like not make it all the way over here. We've seen that before, but uh, when they do make that transition, it feels like they always just have long, successful careers. So it does it. In my mind, there's no way that Vladimir Tarasenko will let an injury or multiple injuries or multiple surgeries be the downfall of his career, right? Like he's just going to always fight back against that. Because anytime I think of like just Russian badass dudes, I think of like the Russian Drago from Rocky. And so like do like a side by side of Drago and Tarasenko, right? I feel like they're like one person, like all that training and stuff that Drago did with like the computers and stuff while Rocky's like in there punching meat, (laughs) getting ready like the old fashioned way. I feel like Tarasenko is Drago and there's just no bringing him down even if you're Rocky Balboa so um I don't know man like I said I don't think a a surgery or an injury or anything like that is going to be the downfall of Vladimir Tarasenko's career if you disagree with me that's fine but I don't think that's what's going to stop him from excelling in the NHL again post-surgery yeah I would say moving forward Vladimir Tarasenko would be a, a good underdog to bet on uh, for, for oh, 100%. Oh, and if you want to bet on some underdogs, make yourself some quick cash. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over along with college basketball, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are now in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus with that first deposit. And when we return, we will be trying to wrap up all the crazy news we covered today as well as look forward at the upcoming stretch of important games. So don't go anywhere. All right, Tommy. So the Blues have, four, starting tomorrow, four games, or five games, excuse me, in seven days. And those five games may very well determine their playoff seeding. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, I mean, we, we talked about it before even the month of April happened, like it was going to be a gauntlet. And now it seems like it's even going to be more of a gauntlet. And now today it sounds like it's even going to be more of a gauntlet. Because so everything that happened and like these games are all close together to some degree because of like COVID and like the list and like the games getting postponed, all of that stuff. Uh, and Robin, Robin Leonard came out today and went on a 10 minute tangent, just going off on the NHL. Uh, and one of the main quotes he said in his 10 minutes was we are vaccinated and we are still trapped in a prison. Um, so basically what he, what he was going after was uh, the NHL told the players uh, that restrictions and quarantine isolation stuff would ease a little bit and not be as strict or harsh if players were vaccinated. So players got vaccinated and they didn't do anything. Uh, so Robin Leonard feels like they've been lied to. And if you remember, Robin Leonard was one of the main guys that spoke out. I think there was an entire article about uh, goalie mental health and a hockey player mental health and how he struggled in that whole regard. So it's cool to see him uh, speaking out and being a megaphone for the players again. Uh, I feel like it's constantly him. He's one of the guy that always does it because I believe he did it uh, during like the whole Black Lives Matter things as well. Um, but it just it, it almost feels like the bubble again, dude. And I know like 
going back and looking at like the athletic articles and like uh anonymous players just absolutely shitting on the bubble and being like it was not at all what was advertised like we thought we were going to like a resort and we're getting like cafeteria lunches and like little boxes and like barely any place to like go or like you couldn't even go to like your like teammates rooms and stuff so it's I I hope that they avoid that again but it doesn't look good right now because they're the NHL is getting absolutely blasted on social media and they have made zero statement regarding it yeah I mean it's it's a difficult situation because on one hand you look at the NHL's policies and you look at the players frustrations and you sympathize and you and you say yeah that 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 sounds miserable I I I wouldn't want to be you know obviously being in that situation would be great but like I wouldn't want to be in that situation if I were in a workforce that like you know was treating me like that but on the other hand you look at what just happened to the Vancouver Canucks and you say as much as as much as these precautions are are frustrating and and, and unfair and and maybe um, improperly enforced and, and could be, you know, could be, there could be more time taken to accommodate these players. You look at the flip side and you see, I mean, not that the Canucks did anything wrong per se, but you see the, the damage that this virus can do to teams. Um, luckily health wise, everyone was fine, but, but schedule, they got hammered there. They could have, they could lose, you know, they might've been able to make a playoff push. And now they're, they're playing 19 games in 34 days. And, had an impossible victory in their first night back. It was a nightmare situation. So it's it's besides the, the fact that they're like the entire their entire team is still recovering. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and it's one of those things where like the, the both sides of it are are just a little bit too unfathomable to to really give weight to in a conversation like this. I feel like because there's so many players that I'm sure are suffering mentally because of the the, the conditions that they're in. But on the other side. How do you think it felt to be a member of the Vancouver Canucks organization over these past three weeks? It's pro- it was a living nightmare. So it's trying to maintain a sports league during a global pandemic seems like something that is a, a drastic. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're starting to see the 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 effects, and we're starting to see the cracks start to show uh, in the tail end of a long, long season. So. We're almost out of it, but in the meantime, I do hope, like you said, I do hope they they do everything in their power to make sure we don't see uh, as much of a disappointment as the bubble was again, but it's going to be tough. Here's the problem with me is like, I I completely agree with everything that you were saying. And like, obviously the end result here should be not letting any players get COVID. Obviously like that still happened and that sucks and that's terrible and like obviously wouldn't wish that on anybody and I don't think like easing restrictions on players that were vaccinated would really like lead to that but the problem here is that from what Robin Leonard said it said uh that the NHL promised that restrictions would ease if players were vaccinated so in my mind I'm like like just playing devil's advocate here like if there was a player that didn't want to get vaccinated but they wanted more freedom or they wanted those restrictions ease. They might've gotten vaccinated and been like, Oh, okay. Like at least I can like not really live my life yet, but like live a little more freely because the NHL said we would be able to. And then they just kind of pull the rug out from under you and they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're not doing that, but you're still vaccinated now. And it's like, almost like, it's just strange that they promised them because of like everything that you mentioned 
and everything that I mentioned. Like if you're if you're promising that, then you have to like live up to that promise, right? Because the otherwise you're gonna get the NHL Players Association up in arms at you, which I I haven't seen anything yet, but I would imagine they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna grab a whiff of this and be none too pleased. But I at the end of the day, like a promise is a promise. So if you're telling players that if they do A, then B will happen, and then you don't execute with B, then it's just a broken promise. And like, how can the players even trust the league that they're playing for? And like, that's just a whole thing that could potentially lead to a strike in a couple of years. And like, obviously, a bunch of dominoes have to happen before that happens. Uh, but you don't love to see that in any regard. No, and I think it, it just comes down to as we've seen over the past year plus, uh, things change so rapidly. Um, when it comes to this pandemic and, and, and especially when it comes to sports, like, and, and false promises, I feel like are, are way too easy to make. Like it, it's on the NHL to not make a promise that they don't know that they can keep and making that promise of, Oh, if you get vaccinated and then these restrictions can be lifted was probably irresponsible on their part, just because it would be impossible to, to predict what things would be like when vaccinations were available and, it looked what it looks like was they there was an assumption that it would be a little bit easier and less risky once vac- vaccinations were available. But they said, you know what, it, it's still not not the right time, and and that's on the NHL to say we can't guarantee anything. We don't know what things are going to be like come come April, come whatever, and 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 they didn't, and and they made these promises to players, um, I guess in hopes to, you know, not not have the players assume we're going to see a repeat of last year, but. Again, it, it sounds like they made a promise that they didn't know that they could keep and then try to quietly sweep it under the rug. But at the same time, you know, it's not like you can blame the NHL for not allowing these these vaccinated players to, to you know, maybe get what they were promised because if it's not safe right now, if that's what's deemed, then you can't really argue with that at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. It just In my mind, it just draws a lot of comparisons to the bubble because, like, when they had the brochures and everything and, like, it was obviously not as advertised, but the players went in thinking like, oh, like this is going to be great. Like we can still play hockey and still hang out with like the team. We're just not going to be exposed to like outside. And like, I think they were even like told that family could come in and like visit them or like something like that. But uh, that never happened. So it just seems like the NHL is making a habit of pulling the wool over the head of their players uh, and making them look like fools. And Robin Leonard is out here saying, yeah, I'm sick and tired of this. 10 minutes, a 10 minute speech. And uh, I think it, I, I would assume it was like a morning practice press conference. And he went off for 10 minutes uh, agitated about the entire ordeal. So if, if that doesn't tell because players don't even like talking to the media. So if Robin Leonard's out here uh, conducting an entire courtroom, that's when you know that something's going wrong. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a wild few weeks, not just with the Blues, but with the rest of the league as well. But I think that might be all we got time for. You got anything else to add, Tommy, before we wrap this one up? Nope, that's all I got. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. Hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, Like Josh said earlier, I think we're going to do a locker room tomorrow after the game. So hop in that if you want to talk to us, if you want to be on the next podcast and hear your voice on Spotify. It's kind of cool. First time it happens. It's pretty sick. Uh, So follow us on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter and Locker Room at 12 to 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Locker Room at Josh Hyman NHL. But as always, let's go, Blues. Let's go. Let's go, Blues.